of the wicked. Okay. All the fiery darts of the wicked will be quenched by the shield of faith. So that's an important thing to note. And then we talked about how to use that shield of faith. And I said that when you, yeah, he talks about using the shield of faith to quench the fiery darts of the wicked, it's not, he's not looking for you to get some special revelation. It's the Logos. And Jesus gave us the pattern. When Satan came to him, that's what the Bible says. It said, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. The word is, let the Logos of Christ dwell in you richly. So once that Logos dwells in you richly, it's, the response is, it is written, it is written, it is written. You don't have to do anything. It's just, it is written. Like how Jesus dealt with the devil. Satan came, he said, first, if you are truly the son of God, command these stones to be what? Turned into bread. And he said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word, okay, that proceeds out of the mouth of the Lord. So the response, ha, huh, you see, the, people think that the, the, the response or Jesus' antidote to that was what is written. What do I mean? You know, the, he said, it is written, man shall not live by, does not live by bread alone, but by every word, and there it's rhema, by every rhema that proceeds out of the mouth of the Lord. Do you understand that? Okay. So if that was what Jesus, if Jesus was using the content to deal with this, then you'd say that Jesus needed to um, be full of the rhema so that he would not be tempted to do what he was saying. But the response was that Logos that said it. The Logos that said, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of the Lord. So that was the response. That was the shield of faith. When Jesus spoke it, that quenched that temptation. Hallelujah. Just saying it. There was nothing. He didn't do anything. Saying it. This is important because when you, the, the way you look at Jesus actually affects you as a believer. Okay? The way you look at Jesus. Because if you see him as, oh, the son of God, um, all powerful, and um, like he had all power and could do everything then you realize that you cannot see yourself doing what he did. Do you understand that? Yes. So it's like everything he did, oh wow, you know, like Jesus, the all-powerful. Then you don't see yourself in there. He was not resisting Satan as the son of God. He was resisting Satan as the son of man. Amen. So this is so important to the believer. So we talked about using the logos to quench the fiery dart of the Bible says it to quench everything Satan can throw at you. So that is established. Amen. Everything. The Lucas. That's why it says it should dwell in you richly. 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 Hallelujah. Alright. Now, the next thing today we are going to get into another aspect of this. Okay, so let me go to continue to um, Ephesians chapter 6. So verse 12. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. But against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Okay. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Okay. Stand therefore, having your loins get about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness. And your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith you shall be able to quench 
all the fiery darts of the wicked. You see that? It says, above all. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Okay? The sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Now, what is he talking about when he says the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God? When he says the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, here, it's not logos. Okay? It's not logos here. Now, when you look into the scriptures, we know by now that the New Testament was written in what? Greek. The Old Testament was written in Hebrew and Aramaic. Okay? The, because of the abundance of revelation um, in the New Testament, God had to choose a rich language. And the Greek fulfilled those criteria. So it's a very rich um, language. For example, um, we say in English, love. But in the Greek, there are so many words that can be translated um, and each of them actually means a specific thing. But the English is not rich enough to take that. Okay? Yeah. So, for example, the... Um, the, the okay, so let me, let, me, let, me, let me continue here. So, he says that, Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit. Now, just to touch on this helmet of salvation, it's so important. It's called assurance of salvation. You have to know that you are saved forever. The Bible says Jesus Christ is able to save for all time. For all time. All those who come to him. If you are saved, you are saved for good. It's as simple as that. Okay, and this has to be settled in your heart as a believer. Amen. All right. So he says that what? The helmet of salvation. The helmet of salvation. Then he says, and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Now here when he says that the sword of the spirit is the word of God, two words are generally used for um, word. Okay. Just to give you backtrack a little bit. Remember where Jesus spoke to the, the Jews and then he said, why don't you understand my speech? He said, even because you cannot hear my words. Okay, so the, that, I think that's in John 6 somewhere. It says that, why, don't you, why do you not understand my speech? Even because you cannot hear my words. The, word, the first one is, someone will listen and say, what does this mean? Why don't you understand my speech? Because you cannot hear my words. Like, but in the Greek, it means something. The first one, it says, why don't you understand my speech? It's lelia. You know, like, um, lelia is just somebody, it's just words. It's just like an assembly of, like, um, nouns and, uh, and, and verbs and all that. Okay, so why can't you understand it? It is speech to you. Is it because you cannot hear my logos? And logos there actually involves the body of truth and also means doctrine. Hallelujah. For example, it says that at the mouth of two or three witnesses shall every word be established. It's let every logos be established. Every doctrine. Hallelujah. Okay, so now let me come back here. It says that take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit. It says the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. So for word, there are two um, words that are used <laughs> in, the, in the Greek. One is what? Logos. Okay, logos. Now, logos simply means, for example, John 1.1, 1, 1, right? John 1.1 1, 1 says that in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God, right? It says the same was in the beginning with God. Then it says all things were made by him. Without him was not anything made that was made. Okay, so in the beginning, the logos. The logos refers to the body of truth. Everything that God has said, all that God has said is what? Logos. Everything, everything is what? Logos. So that is logos. 
Then he says that he comes to Hebrews 11 and then he goes on to tell you that through faith, in verse 3, through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. But there, it's not logos. It is what? Rema. Okay? Rema. So what is this rema that he's talking about? So you see that logos is like the constitution. Okay? It's like the broad-based constitution. But then you are in court. It's not all the constitution that you require at that point. Hallelujah. It's a particular clause, article and clause that you need. Amen. So that's what he's talking about here. So when we talk about the rema, it's more specific. Okay? And the rema, I would say it's current. <laughs> current means it's in motion. <laughs> Hallelujah. It's, 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 it means that this is, what, this is what it is now. Praise the Lord. All right. So that's what the rema is. Okay. So now we'll, we'll continue. And then um, we'll see what the Spirit of the Lord will show us. Glory to God. Let's go to Genesis chapter 15, verse 1. After these things, the word of the Lord came unto Abraham in a vision. Good. So it says, after these things, the word of the Lord came unto Abraham in a vision. Now, when it says the word in the Hebrew, you know that the, a lot of the, like the Old Testament, Hebrew and Aramaic, okay? So they were written on parchments and scrolls and all that. And they've been discovered, and so that's how they were translated, okay? That's how come now we have an English Bible and all these things. Formerly, it wasn't like that. It was just those Hebrew scrolls. So these um, um, Hebrew scrolls that were written, the, 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 the words that are translated into English and other languages also. They were first translated, the earliest manuscripts that they found, they translated them into um, Greek. So there's a Greek Septuagint, okay, of the, of, the New Te- of the Old Testament. So even though the New Testament is in Greek, um, the Old Testament, which was originally in Hebrew and Aramaic, was also um, translated into Greek. It's called the Septuagint, okay? So now, it is as close to the original as possible. So if you... What the Greek says it is in the Septuagint will give you an idea of what that actually word means today. Hallelujah. Now, when it says that the word of the Lord came to Abraham in a vision, now think about it. The, the man was having a vision. In a vision, you expect to see pictures. And it says the word of the Lord came to Abraham in a vision. And the word, therefore, the word of the Lord, the word is Dabar. Okay, Dabar. Now, it's spelled D-A-B-A-R. It's pronounced D-A-W-B-A-W. Okay, Dabar. So now, it says that the word of the Lord came to Abraham in a vision. Now, in the Hebrew, the Dabar means word. Okay, the first thing. It means word. Two, it also means thing, thing, thing. Like chair, you know, tile, thing. That's actually what it means in the Hebrew. Okay. Then he says that the word of the Lord came to Abraham. Now, why is this important? Because Abraham was in a peculiar situation. He was living in his country. God told him, come, let me send you somewhere that you don't know. He got up and he went and everything. So now at this point, Abraham was feeling frustrated. Okay? Because his cousin that he took along had left him and gone to become a, um, one of the um, a members of Council of State at Sodom and Gomorrah. They captured him. He went and brought him back and everything. So... Abraham was not really enjoying this whole process. So the word of the Lord came to him. He had just gone to rescue Lot. The word of the Lord came to him and said, Abraham, I am your shield and your exceeding great reward. Do you see that? I am your shield and your exceeding great reward. And then he says, Abraham, you can tell by Abraham, he said, what will you give me? 
he asked God that what did you give me? Even in the dream, in the vision, Abraham was still alert. <laughs> you know that people have it in the dream, they, they can't even do anything, he can't talk. But Abraham was so, this matter was bothering him so much that even when the Lord, the word of God came to me in a vision, he asked the Lord, What will you give me? Mm-hmm. And he said, Because God had not given him a child, he said God had not given him. And this Eliezer of Damascus, this good house boy he had, was the one who was going to inherit his things and was bothering Abraham a lot. And God said, No, this will not be your heir, but one born from your own loins will be your heir. And then Abraham was still struggling to believe this. So God took him out. And then the Bible says that in verse 6 and 7 that Abraham believed in the Lord. Do you see that? Abraham believed in the Lord and he credited it to him for righteousness. So this is how Abraham got this by believing that Dabar. Now Dabar in the Greek is Rema. Rema. Okay. So the Rema of God came to Abraham in a vision. So this rhema was what dealt with Abraham's situation. The situation that Abraham was in, it was the rhema of God that dealt with it. This was the rhema that was coming to solve Abraham's problems. So once God gave that rhema to Abraham and he believed it, the Bible says that God proclaimed that he was what? He was righteous. Hallelujah. Okay. Now let's go to Genesis chapter 21 from verse 1 to 3. And the Lord visited Sarah as he had said. And the Lord did unto Sarah as he had spoken. For Sarah conceived. Okay? Alright. And then he says that, And bear Abraham a son in his old age, at the set time of which God had spoken to him. And Abraham called the name of his son that was born unto him, Sarah, um, uh, unto him whom Sarah bare unto him, Isaac. Now, I want you to note something. The Lord visited Sarah as he had said, and the Lord did unto Sarah as he had spoken. The word there is the verb form of Dabar. It's the verb form of Rema. Okay? That's the verb form of Rema. Then he says that, and Abraham, um, he says that at the set time of which God had spoken to him, again, that is the present participle uh, or past participle version of what? Rema. Do you understand? So in that verse, you find Rema, Rema, Rema. It's like God did for Abraham what he had given him by Rema, just as he had spoken by Rema. Hallelujah. So what is the point I'm making here is that Rema is creative. Hallelujah. So here's the point. Logos has created all things. Rema creates all things. Do you understand? By the Logos of God, he created the world. Now, in this world that we are in, the rhema of God creates everything. Praise the Lord. Because God had made everything, the heaven and the earth and all the animals and everything, Adam and his wife and all these people. But then the Bible says that Abraham needed something. And how did he get that? By what? Rhema. Praise the Lord. So it was that word that God brought to him. God brought to him. That came to pass. He says that he believed that word and it came to pass. Okay. Now, go to... I'm making some points here. So I said that Rema of God, what? It creates. Now, these things are... The, the goal of a good teacher is to get you to have working knowledge of whatever he's teaching. Hallelujah. Working knowledge. Praise the Lord. I'm a good teacher. <laughs> oh, you don't agree? <laughs> oh, yes. To, I want to get you to have working knowledge of the word. Praise the Lord. Working knowledge. So that you can use... You can take the word and use it like a mechanic. Hallelujah. You know how they go about their work? They're just tinkering, you know, screwing this and screwing this and everything. But at the end of the day, 
they will get the outcome that they want. Hallelujah. So you want to be able to take the word and build something and do something with it. Amen. Now let's go to 1 Samuel chapter 3. It says that, And Samuel grew, and the Lord was with him, and did let none of his words. Again, it's what? Rema. None of Samuel's Rema. It says that fell to the ground. Everything that he said. Okay? The Rema that Samuel spoke. Dabar in the Hebrew. Rema in the Greek. What he spoke came to pass. And then the Bible says, And all Israel from Dan even to Bathsheba knew that Samuel was established to be a prophet of the Lord. And the Lord appeared again in Shiloh. For the Lord revealed himself to Samuel by the rhema of the Lord. He revealed himself to Samuel by rhema. Hallelujah. So rhema is what? Revealed. That's why some people say that rhema is revealed word of God. It's revealed. Hallelujah. Now, when you... The Bible says Jesus went about preaching the Logos. Now, what happens is that when the word of God is being preached or taught, okay, and you are hearing and you are hearing and you are hearing, um, a lot is being said. But what happens is, as the, the flow continues, the Spirit of God quickens the word to you. Okay, he quickens the word to you. For, for example, we may be talking about something totally different. Reading a scripture is a long passage, but you hear a word and it just jumps out to you. And it just bears witness with your spirit. Hallelujah. So that's one way that... Rem- In fact, Daba actually also means bee. Okay? Bees. Like the insect bees. Okay? And wh- why is that important? Because it suggests pollination. Pollination meaning that they will take the male gametes from here, the bees, as they move from flower to flower. And then they cause fertilization on the flowers as they go along. So the picture is of someone who is preaching the word. Hallelujah. In fact, that's just the primary way that Rhema comes. You are hearing a word being taught or being preached, and then the Rhema comes to you. It's like somebody who <laughs> he went to the pastor and said, Oh, Pastor, thank you so much um, for um, helping me. He said, what's the, what's the problem? Like, how did I help you? He said, Oh, you told me to get out of the stock market. He said, I, no, I, didn't, I said no such thing. He said, I didn't say any such thing. What happened was, they were preaching, the, master, the man of God was preaching. And then as he was praying, the man in the congregation said he had said, hey, go and sell your stocks in so-and-so company. But that was not what the man of God was saying. Do you get that? So from the logos that was being spoken, he caught what? The rima. In fact, the moment he did that, I think the next week or so, the, the market crashed. Hallelujah. So that's what he's talking about there. Okay. Now, the rima can be, it can be a prophecy, an instruction, a warning, any of that. It can come in any form, okay? It can come as a prophecy. It can come as an instruction. It can come as a warning. And God takes the rhema so seriously. Okay? And while I was studying this, I came across some interesting things. For example, let's go to 1 Samuel chapter 15. Okay? So the, the, the rhema that went to Abraham was what? Was a prophecy, wasn't it? Yeah, by this time I'll come and everything. Okay, so now, so let's go to First Samuel chapter 15 from verse 10. Then came the word of the Lord unto Samuel, saying, It repented me that I have set up Saul to be king, for he is turned back from following me and hath not performed my commandments. And it grieved Samuel, and he cried unto the Lord all night. 
So this is some uh, someone who had gone to anoint um, Saul as king. We know the story. The Israelites said, give us a king like all the other nations around us. Samuel said, why? Jehovah is your king. He said, give us a king we can see. A king that we can actually see. We know Jehovah is our king, but we want a king that we can see. And a king that can physically lead us into battle. <laughs> the Bible says that the thing grieved Samuel so much. He went, he was bothered, and God said, Samuel, what's your problem? The people have not rejected you. I'm the one they rejected. So you go and give them the king that they want. But tell them what the king is going to do to them. Samuel gathered them and told them everything that the king was going to do to them. They said, still give us a king. He said, you, he said, you it's okay. Give us the king. So the, he gave them a king. And the first king he gave them was who? Saul, the son of Kish. So when Saul became king, God gave an instruction to Saul. <laughs> he said, go to the Amalekites and completely annihilate them. Annihilate the Amalekites. So Saul said, sure. And then he went there. And then he kept some of the people, some of the sheep that God said he should destroy even the animals. Saul kept some of them and everything. And then, this, so God was speaking to Samuel. Samuel had not even yet gone to see what Saul had done. But the word of the Lord, again, is Daba, Rema. You see? So the word of the Lord came to Samuel and said, Ah, I have regretted for uh, making Saul king. He said, because he has turned back from following my commandments. Now, the word for commandments, again, is Rema. Do you see that? It's Rema. He said, God said that Saul has stopped following my Rema. It's almost as if God takes disobedience to the Rema more seriously than anything else. Do you realize that? So, you would find that um, recently, there was a, a, a Ghanaian footballer who was living in another country and um, he was caught up in an earthquake and then he died. Interestingly, we found out that he was a believer, he loved the Lord and was so you know, keen on the things of the Lord. Then we find out that he had become uncomfortable about staying in that country. He had become so uncomfortable that he actually told the team he wanted to leave. And interestingly, the team decided to grant him permission. They said, if you can find a team in Europe, we will allow you to go. So he had bought his ticket after this match. So he had bought his ticket, was ready to leave that country. And then he went to play his final match, scored a goal, and he was so excited that he decided to stay and just celebrate and celebrate. That dawn, the earthquake struck there. Where he was, and then they found his body um, days later. Do you, do, you, do you see that? And so you would find that this was not maybe something. And usually this is not usually something that... Um, I'm, I'm not saying that God punished him. I'm saying that the cost of him not listening to whatever God had told him was too much. And this usually not be a one-time thing. I mean, God is not unrighteous that like suddenly he, he had never had any sign that he should leave this country. And that is only this one time. No, he, he kept having a, the, 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 the rima that no, this is not. He, he was uncomfortable. And people said that he was uncomfortable. The team itself said that the man, he had become uncomfortable with the, with the place. You, you see that? So that's what, is, that, that's what the rhema, the rhema, it's almost as if God is so protective of that rhema. Maybe because it's the Spirit of God who brings that rhema. You know, it's the Spirit of God who brings that rhema. Hallelujah. Okay, 
So we find that Saul, Saul decided to do his own thing. And that was why God said, God, God was saying to, um, to Samuel that, look, Saul has turned back from following my rhema. And that's a serious matter. It means that God cannot instruct Saul again. He, has, he cannot instruct Saul again. So God said, no, this guy cannot be king. Because to be king, you should be able to hear and follow. Hallelujah. Okay. Now, let's continue. Then, let's go to Joshua chapter 14 from verse 7. Joshua chapter 14 from verse 7. Forty years old was I when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to espy out the land. And I brought him word again as it was in my heart. Nevertheless, my brethren that went up with me made the heart of the people melt. Who is speaking? Who is speaking? Speak boldly. Who is speaking? Yes, Caleb. (laughs) It's Caleb who is speaking. Okay. So then he says... Then he says that I brought him word again as it was in my heart. Again, it's what? Rema. Caleb said what he came and told Moses was the Rema that was in his heart. Do you remember what he told Moses? He said that the people are bred for us. He said their defense is gone. So since the Lord is pleased with us, he said that we were able to take the city. And the people said no. So what Caleb is saying is that this was what? Rhema. This was the word of God that was unveiled in his heart. Now, let's continue. It says that, I wholly follow the Lord my God. And Moses swore on that day, saying, Surely the land whereon thy feet have trodden shall be thine inheritance, and thy children's forever, because thou hast wholly followed the Lord my God. And now, behold, the Lord hath kept me alive, as he said, these forty and five years, even since the Lord spake this word unto Moses, while the children of Israel wandered in the wilderness, and now, lo, I am this day eighty-five years old, and yet I am as strong this day as I was in the day that Moses sent me. As my strength was then, even so is my strength now. For war, both to go out and to come in. Hallelujah. So, we find this man who... God had spoken to. The Bible says it was Moses who spoke to Caleb and said, God has sworn that you will inherit the land. But the people who said that God brought them out to destroy them, they were not going to inherit the land. So God spoke to Caleb and said, Caleb, you are going to inherit the land. He said this was 45 years ago. 45 years ago. Now what was happening there? This word, this rhema that was spoken to him caused him to what? To possess. You see, so I talked about defense. So defense is um, quenching all the fiery dust of the wicked. To possess, it takes the rhema. It takes the rhema to possess. So you play defense with logos, but offense with what? Rhema. Hallelujah. So it's the rhema that possesses. And that's how come he said that the Lord had kept him because he had to possess the land. He had to possess the land. The word of the Lord had been spoken. It said, Behold, a virgin shall um, conceive and bear a son. Okay? And his name shall be called Emmanuel. The, the logos had been given. 
But then, which virgin was he talking about? Nobody knew which virgin he was talking about. Mary's name was not written there. So nobody knew. So what happened was, the Bible says in the book of Luke chapter 1, that when the angel appeared to Mary, and then Mary said, how can these things be, seeing I know not a man? He said that what? The Spirit of the Lord will come upon you, the power of the highest shall overshadow you. Therefore, that holy thing that shall be conceived of you shall be called the Son of the Highest. And then he goes on to say that, blessed is she which believed. Hallelujah. Now, there's something that is, he said, the angel said there. He said that, no word of God shall be without fulfillment. Okay? When, when it is translated this way, it says that, for with God, um, nothing shall be impossible. Right? That's what the angel said to um, the angel said to, to Mary, isn't it? That with God, nothing shall be impossible. But in the Greek, it's actually not that. In the Greek, the, the, the translation is this. If you transliterate it, it says, For no rhema from God shall be without fulfillment. Or no rhema from God shall be void of power. Hallelujah. So it was that rhema that Mary believed that caused what God said to come to pass. That's why I said, no rhema from God shall be void of what? Power. Just another example in 2 Kings chapter 7. The Bible says that the Assyrians had come to Lacey to Samaria and they didn't even have food. When the king went to see Elisha, Elisha said, tomorrow by this time, everything is going to change. The Bible says that the general on whose arm the king leaned said that even if God should make windows in the heaven, said, can this thing, might this be? So Elisha said, you definitely see it, but what's going to happen? You will not eat any of it. And the Bible says that there were four lepers outside the gates of Samaria. When they advanced, in fact, the, the lepers actually, I know that sometimes we, are, we, are, uh, we, we say that God, it was God who made the, um, the, the, the lepers' footsteps to sound like um, a large army and everything, okay? But if you read it carefully, it says that now the Lord had cost, had cost, had cost the armies of Assyria to hear. He had caused them. It had happened already. So these um, lepers were discovering what had happened. Now, when they went and found that the camp was empty and there was food and everything, and they began to carry some away, carry some away, finally they said, let's go and tell them in the city. So when they went and told them in the city, the king appointed this particular general to supervise the people. And the Bible says they trampled him to death. Now it says that because of what he said, and then he said, according to the word of Elisha, again, it's what? Rhema. Hallelujah. Now, this rhema, the Bible talks about in those days, the word of the Lord was precious. It wasn't common. And there it's the rhema. Because people had, they had the Ten Commandments. So what is it talking about that the word of the Lord was precious? It was uh, rare. People didn't have it. It's not talking about the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments were there. They, were, they, were, they, were, they had been given to the people. They were on the tablets and they were read periodically by the priests. So that's not what it is. The word there is the rhema of God had become so precious that the people didn't have it. And then it says, and there was no open vision. Do you see that? There was no open vision. So these people, 
didn't have access to what God was saying now. <laughs> Are you with me? They didn't have access to what God was saying now. And what God is saying now is so important, isn't it? Yeah. What, what, what God is saying now is so important. What, what is God saying now? Or what is God saying to you? Hallelujah. What is God saying to you? I remember one uh, um, doctor. So he and his wife were having their, their morning devotion and then they took the, the Bible. So Genesis chapter 12. Now the Lord God had said unto Abraham, get thee out of thy country, like a father's house. And he said, it just dawned on him. And he just told the wife, this, but then this year will be out of this country. Now, he ended up going to Cote d'Ivoire. The wife ended up going to Canada. Both of them are in Canada now. But you get the point. This is what God said to Abraham. What is God saying to you now? What is God saying to you? So, that rhema is what the Spirit of God quickens to your spirit. What the Spirit of God quickens to your spirit. Hallelujah. That's what it is. So, when one, it is creative, it can be a warning, it can be a prophecy, whatever it is, when the Spirit of God takes the Logos and quickens it to you, that is what? That's what the rhema of God is. And then the angel was telling Mary that no rhema from God shall be void of power. Or no rhema of God will be void of fulfillment. Hallelujah. So this is so important because you are not just there to be defending yourself against the wiles of the devil, but you want to go forward. You want to possess. You want to take custody of something, isn't it? Hallelujah. Okay, so that will be accomplished by the rima. Praise the Lord. Now let's continue to read this thing that Samuel said to Saul. He said, For rebellion is hmm, as the sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Because thou hast rejected the rhema of the Lord, the word is Dabar, okay, of the Lord, he has also rejected thee from being king. And Saul said unto Samuel, I have sinned, for I have transgressed the commandment of the Lord and thy words, because I feared the people and obeyed their voice. Now therefore I pray thee, pardon my sin and turn again with me, that I may worship the Lord. And Samuel said unto Saul, I will not return with thee. For thou hast rejected the rhema of the Lord, and the Lord hath rejected thee from being king over Israel. So this is what is happening here. He said that, um, so, and you can see what is written, what is here, the, the difference between David, for example, and King Saul, okay? And then we can talk about what David did, which was bad, evil, and everything. And he was breaking the logos, because that is clearly written in the Ten Commandments. Right? Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's wife. It's within the Ten Commandments. And David breached that. Now Saul, on the other hand, didn't break that law. But what was told him directly by the Lord to do was what he refused to do. And look at it. Of the two, which one God rejected from being king? Are you with me? So God puts a lot of emphasis on what he tells you. Praise the Lord. What he tells you. He puts a lot of emphasis on it. Okay. He said, because you've rejected the word of the Lord. And God, was, God said, I have regretted. This is like God saying, I regretted. He regretted making man in Genesis chapter 6. Now he's saying that, he said, I have regretted making Saul king. That's a serious matter. 
we, 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 we realize what happened to some of the other kings that came later after um, David and Solomon and Rehoboam and the others that came. But you never, you hardly find God using this expression that I have regretted. He said, because he had turned back from following me, my commandments. And the commandment is, he said, what I tell him, he does not listen. He said, when I tell Saul something, he will not listen. He said, because of that, I rejected him. And so when Samuel was crying for Saul and God said, how long are you going to be doing this? How long are you going to be doing this? Look, get up and take your honing. Let me show you the new king. The new king on the block. Hallelujah. <laughs> All right. Now, the... I, uh, I remember the, the story of this minister, William Branham. So William Branham was like, if, <laughs> those who like to see miracles, Branham, like, and he ministered, he didn't minister for too long, but tremendous things, tremendous things, okay? Even to the extent of like, you know, accident happening, a body dismembered, Branham assembles this body and the person comes back to life. That's the kind of miracles that William Branham, he was at the head of what they called the healing um, movement, okay? Yes, um, in the 1950s and 60s. This was at the end of the Second World War when the healing uh, movement broke out. Branham was at the head of this. Now, he was a prophet. So, Branham was a prophet called by God. He didn't, he didn't go to school much. So, a lot of the things were by angelic visitations and, and all kinds of things, okay? Now, Branham was not a teacher. He could not, he, he, he was not a teacher. He couldn't really understand much of whatever he read anyway. But he, took, he decided he was going to be teaching the people. So he was teaching strange doctrines. Strange doctrines. And um, till today, they are what they call themselves Branhamites. Till today. And they believe in very strange doctrines. So the word of the Lord came to Branham multiple times. That he should stop it. God even sent Kenneth Hagin at one point to go and tell him. Kenneth Hagin said, ah, if Abraham will listen to so and so, why would he listen to me? And Kenneth Hagin didn't go anyway. That's between Kenneth Hagin and the Lord. But Kenneth Hagin didn't go. Then there was also a man called Gordon Lindsay. Okay? Who God spoke to to go and talk to Abraham on multiple occasions. And every time he, Abraham would, re, the people around Abraham would not allow Lindsay to see um, Branham. So finally, after multiple warnings, okay, and this one is not written in the Bible that he shouldn't teach. Do you realize that? It's not written in the Bible that Abraham should not teach. It says, in fact, that it says, study yourself to show um, yourself approved unto God and all that, like, and then it says that teach these things, rebuke, correct, instruct, and all those things. So, Abraham, it was not written in the Logos that Abraham should not be teaching, but he knew that he should not be teaching. And he was warned. So finally, they were having a meeting and then the word of the Lord came and said that by the end of this year, he who now stands at the head of the healing movement will be no more. And so that was a prophecy. And everybody there knew it was William Abraham they were talking about. They were all pastors and they all knew. Within a short while, what happened? Abraham driving on a motorcade, um, some uh, collided with some vehicle. And what happened? His wife died in the car. Abraham was not dead. His son who was in the car was also not dead. So he asked the boy, where's your mother? He said, he said his mother was there. He said, take my hand and put it on, 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 on her. And when they put the dying Abraham's hand on his wife, the wife came back to life. She didn't die. That tells you the, the power that, you know, Abraham carried. But he himself went into a coma shortly after and then soon after that died. What is this? This is not to scare anybody. It's to tell you about how important that rima is. What God tells you. Hallelujah. 
No, it's true. It's like all our best went to those times they were uh, uh, setting up tents. So um, if they are going to have a meeting, they'll set up a tent. So he set up a big tent. So then suddenly he said hey, they should take down the tent, take down the tent. <laughs> he said God had told him that he should take down the tent and pack everything because a, a, a tornado was going to hit. Okay, and God had warned him. And then the people said, "Oh, why? The Lord surely is able to protect. The Lord is able to protect the the tent." And he said, "Yes, exactly." <laughs> Do you understand? He said, "Exactly. The Lord is going to protect the tent. That's why he's telling me take it down." <laughs> Hallelujah. Take it down. Glory to God. And that Rima, sometimes, you know, I, I, I've told you before how one time I was on the road, I was coming to Rima, and suddenly the, I just heard my spirit, change your lane. So without thinking, I just swung out of that lane. It wasn't heavy traffic. The cars were moving slowly. But when I moved out, a car that was far behind me, far behind me, if I, when I was moving, I didn't even notice that there was a vehicle. That car managed to drive and go and hit the car that was in front of me originally. Interesting, isn't it? Yeah. Hallelujah. Okay. I said that what? The Logos created all things. The Rima creates all things. Now, let's go to 2 Kings chapter... Chapter... Okay, yeah, I've told you about this already, that the word of the Lord was precious in those days. And that's 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 1. It says, And the child Samuel ministered unto the Lord before Eli. And the word of the Lord, again, is Rema. So what we have now, like so, in such abundance, at, at, some time ago, it was difficult. The only people who had it were the prophets. So if you wanted to hear whatever God was saying, you have to go and register to listen to the prophet. But thank God for our dispensation. Hallelujah. There are people who are wishing for the days of Elijah and all kinds of things. That's not in the Bible. Hallelujah. That's not biblical. Praise the Lord. You thank God for the days of Elijah. These are not the days of Elijah. Praise the Lord. Days of Elijah, you have to go and find Elijah to hear what God is saying. Now, 2 Kings 3 from verse 9. So the king of Israel went, and the king of Judah, and the king of Edom. So, just to summarize it for you, from verse 9 to verse 12, it says that the king of Israel, the king of Judah, and the king of Edom, the king of Israel wanted to go and fight some battle, and he managed to recruit Jehoshaphat, and then with the king of Edom. The, the Edomites are which people? The children of Esau, exactly. Esau was also called Edom. Edom means what? Red. <laughs> red. <laughs> red, red. <laughs> anyway, so they had formed an alliance, and they were going to fight. Then they got into the wilderness, and they didn't have water. They went many days, and there was no water. So they said, the king of Israel, who was the orchestrator of this whole expedition, do you know what he said? He said, ah, the Lord has brought us together to deliver us into the, into, onto our enemies. But it wasn't the Lord who sent him on the battle. But anyway, so Jehoshaphat said, is there a man of God here? Is there a prophet of the Lord that we may go and speak to? And then Jehoshaphat said, oh, someone said that there's a Elisha who used to pour water on the hands of Elijah. And then Jehoshaphat said, some, uh, Elisha, um, the king of Israel said something. He said, Jehoshaphat actually, Jehoshaphat said something. He said that, let's go and see him because the rhema of God is with him. Do you see that? The rhema is with him. So in those days, you had to see the prophet to get that rhema. 
And you know Abraham was a prophet, right? Isaac was a prophet. Jacob was a, was a prophet. David was a prophet. So you had to get to be, uh, hear that rhema only from the, the men of God, the prophets. Hallelujah. So this is just to establish that. Now let's go. Romans chapter 10. Verse 17. So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the rhema of God. But I say, have they not heard? Yes, verily, their sound went into all the earth, and their words unto the ends of the earth. So what is he saying? It says that, so then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the rhema of God. So when you read it, he, he goes ahead to say that, um, like, how can they um, hear without a preacher? And how can they preach unless they are sent? You see? And then he, he goes on now to say that, first before they said, Isaiah said that who has believed our report? So what report is he talking about? He's talking about the rhema. Okay? Now, this is the New Testament now. So now he says that faith comes by hearing. Hearing by the rhema of God. So what happens, we've talked about how important this rhema is. Like, okay, so you have, let's say, two people who want one thing. And both of them may even be Christians. Okay? Who gets it? The one who carries the rhema. <laughs> Hallelujah. Now, how do you develop that rhema? How does this rhema come? I believe that this is important, isn't it? It's not enough to just say, rhema is powerful, rhema uh, will create, rhema will do this and that, without telling you how that rhema comes. Number one, rhema comes by the preaching of the word. Okay? So when you are listening to the word that is preached, the rhema will come to you. And so, as I'm speaking now, you'll be surprised. Everyone is hearing something different. Then if I were to ask everyone to actually write down what... You remember um, Cleopas and his wife in Luke chapter 24? When they, Jesus finally appeared, they, they saw him, and then he disappeared. They said, ah, didn't our heart burn within us when he spoke unto us in the way? So you find that usually that happens when the word of God comes in. It's just like it's entering your spirit. It's like you're absorbing something. Okay? And if everyone were to chronicle, were to write down what they absorb, you'd be amazed that everyone would hear a totally different... The principle is the same, but it's a different ministration. Hallelujah. Because the word of God takes what is spoken, and then he knows what you require, and he knows where you are, and he delivers that package to you. Hallelujah. Do, do you see that? So it's by what? By the Spirit of God. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So I said, number one, it comes by the preaching of the Word or the teaching of the Word. When the Word of God is coming like that, in the anointing of the Spirit, the Spirit of God begins to witness certain things to you. Hallelujah. So that's it. And then it comes also because let's go to Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6. I want to go to Ephesians chapter 6, verse 16. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith it shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the rhema of God. Now, it says, it's whose sword? The sword of the Spirit. It's the Spirit's sword. <laughs> Hallelujah. So it is the... Did I establish that rhema is revealed? It's revealed. It comes by revelation. Because you remember the Bible says that 
the word of the Lord came unto Abraham in what? A vision. And then again, it says that the Lord revealed himself unto Samuel by the word of the Lord. Okay? Where it says that the, word, the, the Lord revealed himself unto Samuel, he revealed himself, the word there by the word of the Lord is by the rhema of God. Okay? By the rhema. So, God spoke to Samuel by rhema. That's how God revealed himself to Samuel. So, it comes by revelation. And who gives that revelation? It's the Spirit. The Holy Spirit. He's the one who takes the word of God and quickens the word. He's the one who takes the word of God and quickens the word of God to you. Glory to God. Now, he says that it is the word of God. It is what? The rhema of God. Now, when you go to verse 18, it says, Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. Now, what, what happens is this. You know, the scripture says, while I was musing, the fire burned. And he said, then I spoke with my tongue. Okay? While I was musing, the fire burned. And then I spoke with my tongue. So, this is someone who was in meditation. He was meditating on the word of God. Hallelujah. I gave you the example of um, Bishop Pastor Adeboye, who, um, Adeboye was a professor of mathematics. And he was, at, at that time, he hadn't become a professor. He was doing his PhD in mathematics. So, he, he, in that I think Nigerian lecturers are known to be quite, um, let's just say, not too easy on their students. Okay, so for him to get that PG, he had to come up with a new um, equation, which nobody had come up with before, and solve it to get his PG. So he was on it, and whatever equation he had invented, he got stuck because he ended up with 100 and, about 118 different equations. 118 equations. So while he was laboring because the deadline was closed and he had to get this thing done and go ahead, suddenly the rhema of the Lord came to him. The word of the Lord came to him. Now the word of the Lord that came to him was that, open your Bible. The people who say that, they said, if you say that you're a Christian, so you won't do this and you that, you're not God. Do you understand? The word of God came to him and said, this 118 calculations you're doing, put them aside and take the Bible. Open the Bible. So he fought it a little bit and said, ah, but I have to, like, he said, take, take the Bible, open the Bible. So he opened the Bible and the Lord told him where to open to Exodus. Then 12, 13, 14. So as he was reading, chapter 14, he was reading it, when he got, the Bible says, the Lord said unto Moses, he said, lift your rod towards heaven and stretch your hand over the water and divide it. So suddenly, in, he, in a mini vision, he saw, you know, the waters, the Bible says they were congealed. Congealed water means frozen. So the waters were frozen on the left and on the right. And then in between was like, it was pavement because the Bible says they walked through on dry land. So it wasn't just that the water had split, but this, whatever, the, the, there was pavement. They walked through. So he saw, like in a vision, a wall here, a wall here, and a path in between. So the, now the Lord said, take a sheet of paper and rule a line from the top to the bottom. Like, draw one line. Divide that page into two. And he said, okay, now take this equation, write it here. Take this equation, write it here. Take this equation, write it here. Now, when he was done, the Lord said, look at the equations on the left. Do you see that they are similar? They have a lot in common. He said, yes. Now, look at the equations on the right. You see that they have they are all similar also 
Now, multiply this by a factor of this. Multiply this by a factor of this. He ended up with two equations. Do you see that? So that rhema came to him. The Spirit of God brought that word to him. Hallelujah. You know, sometimes that rhema comes to you. And the thing is that as you are believers, you've been hearing the word, you've been reading the word, you've been confessing the word. So the word of Christ dwells in you richly already. So you are not like the Israelites who have to go and look for the rhema. The logos abounds in you bountifully. So it, the rhema will just be coming. So that's how come you find it in your work, in your business. You, every day you know what to do. It's, it's like there's an abundance of what? Direction. You're, you're never in a place where you are stuck. Hallelujah. Then you find, I remember um, just a few years ago, there was this friend of mine and a very good friend of mine, he and their wife, wonderful people, but we hadn't been in touch in a long time, in a long while. So it became, and I would think of him, and um, he came to mind, he, he, he began to come to mind more often. So every time, I was like, oh, you know, I haven't really checked on him in so, such a long time, and so, like, it's so, it was going to be too embarrassing to now, like, you know, get, reach out to him. Anyway. So I, I wasn't, I didn't reach out to him. So this continued over a period of weeks. Then one day in the afternoon, I got a call and he called me so frantic. He asked if I was available. He wanted to um, come and see me. So he wanted to take me somewhere. So I joined him and we went. What happened? His wife had been sick. And you know, when we got there, the wife had just died a few hours before. But do you see that the Spirit of God had been speaking bringing that to my attention if I had acted on it before, before that day but I didn't, I kept in fact, it was sometimes, those things are like this You're, this is what was happening there's another friend of mine who bears the same name Okay, so sometimes I'm going to text this other friend of mine and then mistakenly I'll go <laughs> I'll go to it like his name instead and then I'll move myself from that place I thought it was just about you know, checking on him, but it wasn't that so, the thing about the rhema is that it's, it's an important aspect of every believer's life. That's how you find people, like the guy who came um, and then he said some people had taken his money, business money, and traveled. Like, they ran away. And he was very upset about it because it was not affecting his health and everything. And it's like, well, maybe God knows. And I said to him that, but God warned you, right? Didn't God warn you about this particular investment? He looked at me. He said, yes. He said, then what happened? He said, oh, like... It looked good. It looked good on paper. So they took his retirement money and went to China. Where is he going to find them? Unless we're of knowledge. <laughs> Hallelujah. But God is able to restore all that anyway. Amen. But I'm just talking about how important it is to be sensitive to that, that move. Okay. And you know, he said something that really touched me. These are young people. Both of them very young. So he said, Oh, my wife wanted to live. <sighs> anyway. So it's important to be sensitive to what the Spirit of God tells us. Amen. So I said, One, it comes by what? Revelation. The Rema also comes by in prayer. Because notice what he said over there. He said that. Praying with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. 
Do you see? In the spirit. And then, anytime he talks about praying in the spirit, he's talking about, talking about what? Praying in tongues. He's talking about praying in other tongues. So that's another way that Rhema comes. So sometimes you'll find that um, there's something you want to deal with. You can just like pray in tongues aggressively for a, a while. And suddenly the solution will just come up on the inside. Hallelujah. It will come up on the inside. And then you will know. And then it tells us something. That when that rhema comes to you, you're supposed to hold on to it. The Bible says about Joseph. It says that until his word came. Until his, the word is his rhema. Until his rhema came. You see, it says he was tried until his rhema came. What, is it, what does it mean? Until his rhema came. So, it says that he sent a man before them. Even Joseph. He said, whose feet they bound with iron, right? And put him in a dungeon. He says that until his rhema came, until his word came, the word of the Lord tried him. He said he was tried until his word came. Then he says that the ruler sent for him and loosed him. When his word, when the rhema came, it says that he was released. He was released from prison. When that rhema came. Now, that is why, what are you supposed to do? While you are holding on to the word, for example, the word of the Lord came to Abraham and said, it says that the rhema of the Lord came unto Abraham and he promised him a child, he would give him a child and everything. Then between now and that time, a lot happened. And sometimes what the enemy tries to do is to get you to let go of that rhema. To get you to let go of it. What God has said. Okay, he said that this land is yours. And then people try to do all kinds of things and finally you think, it doesn't really matter. That's what he does. And sometimes he's not coming at what the rhema is dealing with. He begins to attack you with other things. Because obviously, Caleb's rhema was, he was going to inherit the land. But along the way, he could have other issues. Fiery darts of the wicked. Just to distract him from what God had said to him. So the Bible says, hold even forth the word of life. You are supposed to hold on to the word. And then while you are doing that, while you are on the offense, and the enemy tries to come at you with all kinds of things, how do you respond to that? It is written. It is written. It is written. Hallelujah. And then the scripture says that, that you take this word, the prophecies, which are actually, the rhema can manifest as a prophecy, a word of wisdom, but it's still the rhema of God. And it says to take this and wage a good warfare. When you lift your hands and surrender, that's not good warfare. The good warfare is the one that you win. Hallelujah. So you take that rhema. So let's say that, the, say someone says, what if the rhema hasn't come or doesn't come, whatever it is. So, there's something that you are dealing with, okay? Now, usually, you would find that when it comes to um, attacks of the enemy, what do you do? You just use the logos and fight them off. But when people are unskilled with the word of righteousness, they allow the invaders to come in and then set up house. Now, you have to take the sword of the spirit, the Bible says, and cut them out. So, now you have to get Rima. Are you with me? Did you get what I said? Yeah, so an example. 
you, um, you were there and then you felt a symptom, okay? You don't need remark to get rid of that symptom. It is written, okay? They that dwell in Zion shall not say, I am sick. It is written, by his stripes I was healed. It is written. But then you didn't do that. Or the person didn't do that. That person didn't do that. The person said, oh. And then the person like, began to accommodate this thing. Now it's been a long time. It's been four years or whatever it is. Now, you have to dislodge that thing. Because now they've come to set up camp. You have to dislodge it. But you, dis- you begin by deploying the logos. And as you do that, the river will come. Are you with me? As you dis- deploy the logos, the rhema will come. Hallelujah. The rhema will come. For example, we, 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 we've heard about Kenneth Copeland, his, his jet. He was on the way to the airport. And then um, there are some people who just get aggravated when ministers of the gospel have a, a, a jet. Like, what's their problem? You know, what, what, the Bible says that God, he takes pleasure in the prosperity of his servants. So anybody, so if God is the one taking pleasure in the prosperity of his servants, then who is the one who doesn't take pleasure? Satan. So anybody who is angry when ministers of the gospel prosper or whatever, that person is not on God's side in that matter. So anyway, that's just by the way. I'm recording, so whenever somebody's listening, I want them to get the message. Hallelujah. <laughs> so on a, this guy, like um, his, his pilot called him and said, I, I can't open the, the cockpit door. This one is not like the, um, a car that you go and get a long wire, metal wire, and, and, and use it to open. This is airplane door. <laughs> so he said, I can't open the door. So Copeland was now driving to the airport because he had to, he had to fly wherever he, he had to go, get to. And then he said, suddenly the word of the Lord came to him in Romans 8. said, all things work together for good to them that love God, right? So somebody can take that at the Logos level and say, all things work together. Maybe God is trying to tell me that I don't have to fly today or whatever it is. But God cannot tell you that don't fly today. But he has to go and lock your plane. Anyway, so he, he, had, he, he began to declare it. He began to declare it. And then he, he said, all things work together. All things work. And you, you know, the moment he said work, 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 he saw it like an engine moving. And then he just spoke it. Immediately, immediately after, maybe a few seconds, the pilot called him and said, I've opened. He said, how it happened, the pilot didn't understand. Because these things don't jump. These airplanes are built different. They don't just jump. It doesn't just jump. And they had to call the manufacturer. Which means that you're not going to have access to the plane today or tomorrow. You have to fly an engineer in and come in. Maybe they will even have a used metal cutter. All kinds of things. But when the word came to him, you see, it produced what? Results. So I said that as the, you deploy the logos, the rhema will come. Hallelujah. This is why the Bible says that let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Richly. And every time the Spirit of God wants to do something, He can pick what you require and give it to you. Hallelujah. Have you ever been reading a scripture and maybe it could even be a verse and then it's one line in that verse that it's like you just can't seem to move on from it. It's like that particular line. It could even be a word. It could even be a word like glory. And you are reading and, and you are reading a whole line but then it says in his temple that everyone cried glory. But glory seems to just be bubbling in your spirit. So what do you do? Stay on it. 
stay on it and begin to declare it and confess it. That's your rhema. Hallelujah. And as you declare it and confess it in, and you deploy it to every aspect of your life, that is what? It says, no rhema from God shall be without fulfillment. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So you can get that. You can get that. You can get that from the scripture. One pattern, of course, is when you see others who've had, who have been in that a similar situation, and you take the scripture and you read. And you take that scripture and you read that whole passage. And as you are reading it, you get to a point where it's just that thing that, like, comes to you. It's, 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 it's almost like you have to really work hard to hide it. Because when it, it comes to you, it's like a red or a brilliant light that's just flashing. You cannot miss it. You have that, it's an awareness. There's this consciousness that you suddenly have. And you know that you know that you know. Nobody can... And the moment that happens, that's it. Faith is what? Substance. You cannot come back and say, I, don't, I didn't have it. You have it. Because the moment that Rima is re- re- unveiled to you, you've got it. Hallelujah. You've got it. So this is so important. And I said that it can come, of course, the, the Rima of God came to Abraham in a vision. It was in a vision that God spoke to him. That Abraham, I'm your shield, your exceeding great reward. Okay? It can come by preaching. As the word of God is coming, then suddenly something is quickened. It's quickened to you. A lot has is being said. And um, typically, you know, I can I can preach for quite a while. Hallelujah. So but so I will say a lot of things, but there's something that is just like it keeps coming into your spirit. Hallelujah. And that is your rhema. And what are you supposed to do? Take it, write it down. Say, write it down. Don't just, you, you see, you have to prize it. It's a precious thing. You prize the word. Okay? You write it down because that is the remnant that has come to you. And then you feed on it, you confess it, you declare it over and over. It says that when his word came, his liberty also came. No remnant from God shall be void of fulfillment or shall be void of power. It will definitely come to pass. And I said another one is what? Speaking in tongues. Speaking in tongues. And sometimes you are, you are speaking in tongues because you want to get that word. It is that word that you are looking for. Okay? You can be in a place of work or whatever and you're having an issue with somebody, your boss or somebody's boss, whatever it is. And it's always you're wondering what's going on in this work environment? What's going on in this work environment? But as you speak in tongues, the Spirit of God may, may speak to you. You are getting ready to go to work. And the Spirit of God may say, chocolate. You may say chocolate. Okay? And what that may mean, take that chocolate and go and give it to that person. And immediately you'll be amazed that that person who was so mean and everything has just turned around. Do you see that? Or he may say, rebuke this or cancel this or whatever it is that he tells you. Hallelujah. Yeah. I remember in um, uni, I was, I was, when I was doing junior clerkship in um, surgery, I had to be away for a long period because I was um, out of the country attending a conference and everything. So, and usually the lecturers don't take kindly to those kinds of things, whether you are in student leadership or whatever it is. But so when I was returning to Ghana, 
I just had this strong urge to buy a wallet, a wallet, <laughs> a wallet, just a, a wallet, and come and give it to the particular consultant who was in charge of my group at the time. So I came and I went to look for him and I gave it to him. And he was an old man. He's like, oh, it's okay and everything. I gave it to him. What does that old man need with the wallet? But do you know that he kept, he, was, he kept singing my praises. When my vice president went through that rotation, he was like, ah, why can't you be like the president? Why can't you be like him? Like, you know, and he was speaking as though I was the most serious student in his group. Do you see that? Yeah. But so what is it? What's the link? What's the link? So you find that the Spirit of God just tells you something. And I said, it can come through the preaching of the word. It can come in the meditation. Just musing on the word of God. And then the revelation comes. It can also come by what? Speaking in tongues. Now when that rima comes, so whatever it is you want to deploy it against. So you have that thing in focus. And then you either pray in tongues or meditation or doing a combination of all that. Listening to the word, praying in tongues, meditating. And then suddenly, you see that the word will come. Sometimes we want people like um, variety. It's not about variety. God gave the people ten commandments and said they should meditate on them. Like, don't be creative, he said. You just stay here. Hallelujah. So you don't need to be creative. Just stay. People like variety. So even when there's one word that is coming to them, they want to find something by themselves, by all means. But you have not exhausted this one. Hallelujah. So, Caleb took this one word that Moses told him and held on to it for 45 years. That beat, that, that's amazing. He was not attending Rima on Saturday evening, so Caleb held on to this one word, 45 years. So much so that he stopped aging. Went into the promised land and took Kiriath Abba. The first city he took, which was named Hebron. Hebron actually later, when you know they had to give the priests um, certain cities, refuge cities, so that if somebody was um, guilty of a crime, could run into it and all that. And Hebron was one of the designated cities, so he had to give up Hebron that he had fought for. Then he took another city, Kiriath Sefer. He took that other city, that other mountain. Okay, also dominated by giants. On one rima, think about that. One rima, the one thing that stopped me from struggling academically at one point, like, because you know, when you get to uni, like, maybe you're doing well, everybody was doing well, now the whole system is slightly different. Hallelujah. It was one day when the word came to me, you know, about Isaac, Isaac, the son of God, the, the son of Abraham, Isaac. I was like, ah, if Isaac were to be in this class, would he be struggling? I asked myself that question. Would Isaac think I have to go and lick somebody's boots so that I'll be in their good books or whatever? Would Isaac think, like, you know? I said, no, 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 no. So that for me, that was my way that came to me. Hallelujah. You see? So when that comes, you hold on to it. You hold on to it. Praise the Lord. I want us to stand and begin to pray. And sometimes you've received the word of the Lord. The word has come to you and everything. But you have um, practically. So practically. Let me give you another practical example. So there was a friend of mine who was, um, she was 
in, uh, um, in the, another country with her husband. And I didn't hear from her in a while. Then she sent me a message, a number of messages. Said that, oh, like, she just wanted to let me know that this was what had happened. She had had multiple surgeries in the past. And she had had another, um, like, round of surgeries in the U.S. And they couldn't complete the surgery because I think she, uh, the anesthesia, she went, like, she had a complication and everything. And um, they were trying to fix the problem, but she said they, they said they didn't have a solution. So she just wanted to let me know that if I never heard from her again, that this was it. So I was with her brother at the time, and I said, okay, let's pray. So we prayed. I think it was about an hour of intense speaking in tongues. And while we were doing that, the word of the Lord came to us, and we we're speaking the rima. We spoke this maybe for like another 30 minutes. Do you know, immediately she began to amend she got better and better and better. I was discharged perfectly well today. Hallelujah. So you see that once we took up that task upon ourselves, God is more eager for the solution than you could ever be. Hallelujah. So sometimes that's what you, sometimes we don't engage enough. You know, we get easily distracted. We don't engage enough. If there's something that is serious enough, engage with it. Engage with the spirit. When the solution comes, you will know. You will know. There are also things that sometimes the moment you set your mind to pray about them, the solution comes to you. That you just immediately know what to do. But there are others also, and this is within the discretion of the Holy Spirit. He can let you pray in tongues. And as you are praying in tongues, even a scripture can come to you. And the moment that scripture comes, that rima comes, you hold on to it and you declare it and you declare it and you declare it. You, you hold on to it without letting it go. Hallelujah. And it should be treasured. You see, the word of the Lord is precious. Even though he has made it commonly available to us because we are his children. Hallelujah. So, they didn't have this in the Old Testament. Can you imagine the kings were stranded and they had to go and look for the, the prophets in order to find out what God was saying. But in our day, it's not like that. God doesn't, in fact, expect you to go and be looking for, like, you know, a solution from somebody. He does not expect you to initiate that. He expects you to engage with him first. Now, while you are doing that, what will happen is that God will can bring that solution. God can bring a solution through a man of God. God can bring that solution through a vision or a dream, but that's up to him. Are you with me? But not that like you, because the Spirit of God lives in you. So you have as much access to him as anybody else. Hallelujah. Yes. Glory to God. This is not again in the, uh, that's not, it's not against counsel and all that. But you will realize that when the counsel comes, it will bear witness with your spirit. Hallelujah. So you're not doing it just because somebody said it, but because it agrees with what you have on the inside. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Okay, let's stand to our feet. We have a few minutes and you're just going to pray. You're going to pray. What will be happening is that the Spirit of God will begin to show you again things that He showed you in the past. Remas that He gave you in the past that you have. You wrote it down, you see, in that red book of yours, but <laughs> hidden somewhere. You go and find that red book. Hallelujah. The river will come again. Praise the Lord. The visions will come again. Hallelujah. And then you are going to lay possession of what belongs to you. So I said, the Logos, you play defense with the Logos, you play offense 
with the rhema. Hallelujah. I said the Logos has created the, the rhema that's what creates. So it's an ongoing thing. That's why I said that through faith we understand the worlds were framed. They were framed by the word of God, by the rhema of God. They were framed. So it's an ongoing thing. Even today we are still framing our word. Hallelujah. We're still framing our world. Glory to God. So I'm going to begin to pray. Pray in other tongues. Father, we thank you. Thank you. Thank you for the word. Makaba, shandada, bakaba. Igere de rebe, shandada, bahasta, kaba, 